You're listening to the official Ankeny Community School District podcast, We Are Ankeny, where we're sparking conversations about all things Ankeny schools. Hey, Ankeny Community, thanks for joining me today. I'm Dr. Eric Pruitt, Superintendent of Ankeny Community School District, and let's talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. With me today is a fierce advocate for Ankeny students, Ken Morris Jr., our Chief Diversity Officer. Ken Morris Jr. earned his BA from Monmouth College, MS from Western Illinois University, and is currently a doctoral candidate in the College of Education at Drake University. Ken has a wide variety of experiences leading diversity, equity, and inclusion in K-12 school districts, as well as public and private colleges and universities. He's had leadership roles in diversity offices and has worked as a student services professional. While working in student services, Ken co-authored a chapter in the New Directions for Student Services publication called Making Meaning Through Multicultural Initiatives. Ken also serves as a commissioner for the Iowa Commission on the Status of African Americans, which is a division of the Iowa Department of Human Rights. So welcome, Ken Morris, Jr. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very glad to have you finally here in uh, with, with us on the podcast. Likewise. So what I'd like to do, because we have a, a lot to discuss today, so I, I want to unpack the DEI framework as it pertains to Ankeny Community School District uh, for those not familiar. And so for our audience out there, uh, DEI stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. One of the first statements in our framework explains that the framework codifies our belief that all students can achieve at high levels and demonstrate readiness for, for post-secondary and career pathways. It also states our students, staff, and families must operate in accordance with the ways of work described in the framework to realize the vision of the district. And all students will experience belonging, have at least one adult they connect with, and have multiple opportunities to succeed. And so with that, with why was it important for the district to state what we believe in with regards to diversity, equity, and inclusion? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, it was important first to really center um, what DEI is and what it isn't, um, providing um, in-depth definition um, that was also um, developed by folks here um, in Ankeny uh, to make certain that there was buy-in, but more so than that, that there was that we centered our understanding on what it is and what it isn't, um, because that can you know sometimes be a barrier for how folks um, buy in or don't buy in or what have you. So, um, and 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 the second part of that question, um, one of the first goals, um, well, well, amongst the goals that I mentioned. Uh, I believe with my first meeting with the uh, the iteration of the school board at the time when I arrived, um, I think I had in a year too. So that so the timing of the framework actually worked, and I and I and I, I framed it more as a, a equity action plan. Um, but the goal was to create a systemic approach for how we approach live out. Um, DEI diversity, equity, inclusion um, in our district. I think that. Um, we were having pockets of success um, throughout the district at all levels, but we weren't um, intentional in how we centered um, DEI all across our system 
um, so that we could make certain that we were accomplishing um, goals as well as we were recognizing the gaps in our system um, and and strategizing ways in which to um, reduce, minimize, close out some of those gaps that were impeding all of our students from having success and um, connecting with an adult and, and, and ultimately having a pathway for um, success that could be in higher education or directly in the world of work or sometimes both. So th- that that was, you know, some of the, um, the, the thinking and some of the strategy um, that went into the development of the framework. You mentioned something um, towards the end about accomplishing our, our goals, which I think is really important. And you also talked about what it is and what it's not. Yeah. And so it is are, are those three letters DEI. Yeah. And so what I'd like you to do um, it, for our audience is I want us to dive a little bit deeper around it, the, the sure. D the E and the I. And so, you know, could you take some time and tell us you know, um, in, in your work um, um, outside of Ankeny before you got here and since you've been here, what is diversity um, in uh, the K-12, uh, in a K-12 organization? Uh, what does it mean to um, our school district, our, our community school district? You know, what is equity in Ankeny Community Schools? And, you know, what is inclusion for our district and then you know we'll, we'll draw it back to this idea of accomplishing our goals for um, all of our students right yeah that's a great question um you know it's interesting you say you know what is dei what is diversity equity and inclusion and some of my experiences outside of ankeny um and 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 what is it within ankeny and, and it's so fascinating that um, this these concepts diversity equity and inclusion um, it's transferable across not only the educational sector but it's also transferable within corporate um, it's also transferable within um, nonprofits or what have you and so what's exciting for me is that um, over the last oh 15 20 years um, there's really been concerted efforts um, in educational spaces, corporate spaces, nonprofit spaces, um, to, to, to really create some standards around diversity, equity, inclusion. And so diversity simply is those differences that make a difference, right? Diversity um, oftentimes is the people count. Uh, we often will uh, quantify, you know, diversity by who's in the room, who's not in the room. Um, it could be through race, uh, language, gender, sexual orientation, um, military status, um, you know, um, low economic status or, or, or socioeconomic status, so, socioeconomic status, um, um, as well as, you know, other social identifiers um, that, that simply just mark someone uh, different, right? And so when I think about uh, equity, you know, equity is is really um, uh, to me. It's about uh, a system of of fairness, a system of justice. Um, equity is about making certain 
um, in our case, uh, students have what they need to be successful. And having what they need could be fiscal, intellectual, it could be human resources. Um, what have we recognized uh, as maybe a, a deficit um, that, that someone um, may not have when coming to school or coming into our system um, that, uh, you know, we can um, work or can account for or leverage to uh, help them to remove whatever that barrier it is so that they can um, have access to what I call the goodies or have access to um, all those offerings that, that we have. And I think some folks misconstrue equity as taking away from somebody and giving mm-hmm. to somebody else. And, and that's not it at all. It's, it's recognizing that we all have different needs, right? And I think about even within our own families, um, you know, I come from a big family and we all um, came up under one roof with the same um, rules um, from our parents. And yet me and my siblings. I don't know about you, Ken, but I don't know if I grew up with the same rules. Yeah, well, we, we, we had the same <laughs> rules, but but some of our siblings, they apply differently. To okay, them, okay. Right, right, right. I, I can agree what, that. That's what, that's what I'm getting at, okay, right? It's okay. like we had the same standard. Yeah. We had the same standard. Right. But. Um, the way in which my siblings interpreted it, they, there was uh, different interpretations, okay, right? Okay. And so, whereas my parents would say, you know, you know, Kenny was always the good kid. You know, he just stayed in the basement, <laughs> did his thing or whatever. Right. But them other ones, boy, they really they gave us some work, and now they're getting their change back with their children. Right. 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 <laughs> but but my, but my whole point is that you can you can you know have difference and 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 you can have indifference within your own family unit. Um, and, 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 and so what I try to use it as an example, um, in, in, in a small, you know, um, you know, uh, scale down sort of example, but, you know, use that as, um, a way to see how that can connect in, in, in the larger, um, school, in our case, um, a district, um, you know, space or what have you. And then, um, inclusion, you know, that's, you know, making certain that, um, you know, uh, folks feel a sense of belonging, that they feel valued and engaged. You know, um, one thing that that really um, resonated with me last year related to inclusion, I think I had um, uh, put a, a in the newsletter, I think take five. Um, I provided some learning around um, Ramadan okay. and 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 several folks reached out to me um from from you know uh from from the muslim you know who 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 uh from the muslim faith community um and just shared how much they appreciated that learning and for me you know i i i i did it just to recognize the month but you know there was several folk um employees staff members students that that just talked about how much that meant to them, and 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 so in, in thinking about inclusion again is 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 making being intentional about inviting all aspects of difference um, at the table, being intentional about making certain that um, they're not just representing a number through the diversity space, but we're in, engaging and interacting intentionally across that aspect of difference um, to make certain that they feel valued, engaged, cared for, and understood. And so one of the things that I've, I've been saying since I got here is that Ankeny is a, a very good district and our community wants us to be great. Yes. And so if we have this common understanding of what diversity 
equity and inclusion are, how does that actually help us achieve our goals? Yeah, it it helps us to achieve our goals because we get to understand that while we have the larger goals um, as a system, we have several sub or smaller or individual goals that that are different. And and we all have we're all skilled differently. We all have different knowledge sets. We all have different values. And it's it's I don't think it's safe to make an assumption that, um, you know, that that we all uh, uh, have a, a universalistic sort of lens and approach to to to, to living to our education. And, 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 and to me, it's more one through more a particular lens. Right. And mm-hmm. that everyone is just going to need differently I, I i'll tell you like um for myself uh i was never a good math student okay. and, and still to this day <laughs> math is my albatross mm-hmm. right and and so i know that um i'm going to need a lot more support um uh tutoring um I, I, whereas you know again bringing my siblings up you know they were really astute and you know they didn't they didn't need much because it just it it you know they understood the concept didn't need as much prep work or what have you and they could do really well without a whole lot of preparation i i wasn't skilled like that mm-hmm. however you know if if you you know get me talking about uh social studies or 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 you know just some random <laughs> topic that wasn't math i tended to excel in that area and similarly i didn't need as much and so i think you know in terms of you know um our our larger goals um you know i think as a as a system we can make movement you know, to accomplishing those larger goals, but we also have to be very mindful about some of those sub or smaller goals, um, and and make it certain that you know folks have what they need, or we're providing what they need so that they can accomplish you know whatever those goals are. And I think that uh, you know, I think about at the individual level. So if our if our students um, are being supported um, with whatever they need. Um, and and they're knocking it out the park, you know, through instruction, right? Um, and our our staff, they they feel that they're being supported, and they have the resources, the professional learning, to meet all of our students where they are um, in their own educational process. We're going to start seeing some shifts in our data. Um, that's going to move us to that larger goal accomplishment. But again, it's, it's starting large, but you know, going down deep. Um, you know, on a more ground level to make certain that, um, you know, the students, the staff, um, you know, departments have, you know, what they need. And that may be different to accomplish the goals, to move the organization uh, to accomplishing, you know, those those larger goals. And the whole time, you know, we're checking, we're dipsticking and making certain that, um, you know, our students, our staff, the system, you know, has what it needs to be successful. So the when we accomplish greatness, it's not a check the box. It's not we just do it one time. We're creating the conditions for engaging and sustaining the greatness. And as effective and highly effective organizations, we're always doing common assessments to make certain that um, not only are we sustaining, but are we as we accomplish one goal, are we developing new goals? Are we innovating so that, you know, we stay at the cutting edge, um, you know, in this case of diversity, equity, inclusion or, or name, whatever goal we're staying at the cutting edge of of, of even going from great to being excellent. Mm-hmm. And so when, when I talk to you, your story reminds me of some of the conversations that I've had with teachers 
over the past year as far as their investment in the students that are in front of them every single day. And so what I've taken from that is that our teachers, our principals, our associates, even down, even even with our our our, our janitors, our, our our nutrition staff, they really care about our kids, and so it, it, it's making me think that relate the relationships that we have with our students is really important. And uh, for me, I'm connecting this to the long range goals that our our school board has established for our district. You know, 100 percent of our students. Um, are proficient or higher by 2024, mm-hmm. and you know where we currently are, we're really close to 100. We, you know, we're 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 around 85 percent mm-hmm. proficient in those core content areas, and the closer you get to 100 percent, the harder it gets. And so the relationships, what our teachers know about our our students, akin in the classroom, who's uh, doesn't necessarily uh, whose whose strength necessarily isn't. Math is really important that we capitalize on the already strong relationships that we have with our kids and um, grow in, in, in that area in order to reach those and accomplish the, those goals. Indeed. And so um, part of our framework, uh, we have three components um, that were included in the framework. Uh, they're effective leadership, effective instructional practices and procedures, and effective parent and family engagement. Mm-hmm. And so a uh, Two questions, and I'll ask them again. How do these three components lead to equitable experiences, and why are these experiences for our students important? Yeah, Um, they're important um, because, and I mentioned this earlier, all of our students, all of our families, they come to us um, with a myriad of backgrounds and experiences, and at the end of the day, they all want to be cared for. They want to be understood. They want to be valued. They want to be respected. Um, they, 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 they want their, they, you know, they want their basic needs met, and we have to attend to that so that we can go deep with the learning. You know, and I can't take credit for this, but I, I heard it from a colleague here. They use this term that, you know, you got a Maslow before you Marzano. And, mm-hmm. and so it, essentially we got to take care or account for basic needs. And I think that's where, um, you know, the DEI framework really comes into play um, because, uh, you know, some of our students, you know, uh, they may be primed and, and ready for um, to, to on day one you know, to engage in um, rigorous and um, um, instruction and, 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 and um, you know, be able to engage deeply, um, you know, why some, you know, that they just may not be there. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that they can't because we have to also, we have to believe, we have to, in the efficacy of all of our students and understand that all of them have the capacity to do high-level work their entry point, they just may have different entry points. And so I, I believe we have to customize and, 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 and make certain that, okay, how do we attend to, you know, one student or a group of students based on their needs? And, and we tend to, you know, another set based on their needs. We're moving them all towards, I think in our case, where, where we we're moving them um, so that they master grade level standards and beyond so they can move on to the next level. 
But and, and so we want to make certain that, you know, at the time that they move on, um, they have those requ- requisite skills. Um, but, you know, their pathway may just be different. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think that, you know, that is just so important to recognize um, that, you know, and being able to account for um, the difference. And, and you, you talked about relationships. I mean, I think that's, that's paramount to the work that we do, um, you know, because I, I think about, you know, again, my, my student experience and I didn't have teachers that were in tuned to my skills. Um, I, I was the kid that brought um, a choose your own adventure book. And so during math, because I hated math, <laughs> I had my choose your own adventure inside of the math book. So mm-hmm. I was reading. Right. I, I was a voracious reader. Right. No one recognized that. And I love comics. I love to draw. And I wish I had an educator that could make some sense of my strengths and leverage those strengths to work towards the areas that I needed to improve in. But instead, I didn't follow. I wasn't following the rules. And so my difference was 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 um, used as a form of, um, you know, it wasn't leveraged as a strength. In, in fact, I was often ridiculed. They would pull a book, the with Choose Your Own Adventure book, out of my math book. They would throw it away. I would have to sit in the corner, you know, sort of equivalent, you know, the old heads would get the dunce hat, you know, that that <laughs> <laughs> analogy or what have you. But I was I was ridiculed, so I hated school. Right. I loved learning, but I hated school. I, I did not like going to school, but what I recognized, though, is I got um, with some some educators who really understood me, they took advantage of my gifts and they were like, OK, you know what? Instead of doing the traditional assignment, you know, we're going to take all the components of that assignment, but you're going to be charged with creating a comic book. And that was and, and in fact, I did more work and, and, and follow the rubric that they gave me because it was something that I was excited about. And I knocked out all of the rubric goals off the park, but it was something that it was engaging to me. I enjoyed it. Um, it was a part of my culture and my identity and I didn't feel shunned. Um, it was celebrated and I had, I, and I wish I had more opportunities like that. So I, I, I deviated a little from your question, but I use that example just to get to the importance of why making certain that one, one, that we have relationships, we know something about all our kids mm-hmm. outside of three o'clock and how do we leverage that? So how, by knowing something about our kids after three o'clock, how can we leverage what we know about them to get them excited about learning? Whatever aspect of difference of culture that may be, whether it's gaming, YouTubing, I mean, you, whatever it is, sports, how can we leverage those interests and and make education relevant based on the the the, the hook for for our students and and, and i got so impassioned about speaking to one part of the question i forgot the next part <laughs> no so I, so <laughs> the, the, what you talked about uh, i'm gonna play devil's advocate sure okay and so not that the devil need more advocates right right and so the the school district ace any school district in america yeah. has a finite amount yes. of monetary resources yes. in addition to human resources yes and so when you talk about account for basic needs mm-hmm. of students, what might that look like for an Ankeny Community School District where if we are building, if we have really good relationships with finite amount of resources, both human and financial, 
what might that look like at the district level as far as accounting for basic needs in, in, in this umbrella of diversity, Ooh, equity, inclusion, and what that. that might look like in the classroom? I'm glad you asked me that. I was just talking about this with a principal today. So one of the goals, I think unintended or intended goals um, from the strategic planning process was this really beautiful intentional effort in tapping the the beautiful tapestry of diversity of resources and uh, members of our community uh, to co-create the strategic plan, right? And um, as we're recognizing that as a community, we all overlap and intersect, right? And so um, if a building principal is recognizing that they're having or struggling with absenteeism with, mm-hmm. with their with their students, right? And 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 when they do their data and they recognize that not only is absenteeism um a, a hindrance to um you know their their building and their goals, but they're finding that a big portion of those students who are absent are students, you know, who have disabilities or have IEPs, you know, or in special education, right? Um, and they recognize that, you know, one of the barriers is transportation. Um, but to your point, we have a finite set of resources. And if it costs so many thousand dollars to create a new route, is there opportunity to leverage community partners, um, especially if their industry is transportation or vehicles or um, what's another entry point or a hook? Um, can we galvanize the, the folks within that learning area, businesses, um, parents? Are there entrepreneurs entrepreneurs who have um, dollar vans, you know, in Ankeny? I don't know. Is there opportunity um, with our finite resources to, to to intentionally connect with the community um, in recognizing um, a need because what we know about school and students in school on a regular basis, that provides the tr- foundation for transformation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I can speak to this and I know you can too. Um, th- this education thing, allowed me to break some cycles in my household and in my family. And, and, and so my son doesn't know poverty. Right. Right. I mean, and, and, and so I I was thinking about that this morning, like he, he, you know, um, and it's a blessing, but the things that um, are pressing for him are not the same. That was for me and my siblings. right? Right. And, and so, you know, anyway, my point, Going back to your 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 question is I I think that there's some opportunity at a, as a at a district level to identify um, community partners who are who are invested in education who are invested in children who are invested in our district and helping us to recognize that yes we have finite um, resources but there may be an opportunity um, and and that could be mutually beneficial um, and 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 um, uh, eradicating a gap that we may have that everyone it's a win-win for, for everyone involved. And so I think at a, at a systems level, that may be an opportunity. And again, at, at a school level, now that if we have solved for, um, if transportation was the block was the barrier and we've provided opportunity for folk to, to, to take advantage of transportation um, in a sustainable way. And we're starting to see, children um, at school, um, they're able to get meals the whole time that they're in the building from morning to lunch and even after school. Um, 
safety, you know, is is you know we have adults and 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 you know we they're coming into a safe space, and most importantly, um, they're engaging in their educational process, right? Mm-hmm. And as I talked about earlier, that potentially can help you know um, break. Uh, generational curses, but also can be that foundation for upward mobility, can be that that foundation for critical thinking and inquiry. So, you know, I, I, I definitely think and believe that, um, you know, at a system level and breaking down at a school level, um, uh, being creative about how we engage with community partners, both within the community and potentially, you know, um, outside of, of the community, um, identifying, um, you know, potential uh, 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 grants um, or identifying, you know, uh, friends of Ankeny, right? You know, just finding, you know, those those potential um, opportunities uh, to help us um, recognize the, the the goals and the high standards that we have. But understanding, to your point, we have limited resources. We 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 want to do a whole lot. Like somebody used to tell me, you know, we got a wine taste on the beer budget, right? right? And so, you know, how do we, you know, accomplish our goals and 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 remove barriers and be intentional about um, identifying community partners? Um, because that those 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 students in the school, that's going to be the potential workforce, right? And and so that's the that's to me that's the value proposition right there. Is that you know? So if we're preparing. Um, and, and not just the workforce. I mean, they're also, you know, these are entrepreneurs. Um, our students um, are, you know, we're preparing them for careers that haven't even been developed yet. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, we want them to be on the cutting edge and, and, and you know, of, of leaders of, of industry and community and such. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's one um, uh, approach to recognizing. And that's very real. I mean, I, I don't think that um, your, your, um, your prompt or your question is off base. I mean, that, that, that is a very real um, reality check um, for the most ambitious school districts that we have limitations, unfortunately. And so, you know, thinking creatively and thinking intentionally about um, community partners and, and, and making certain that we have really good town gown relationships because we have this symbiotic relationship that I don't, always think that we recognize that we really depend and count on um, each other's success. And so being more intentional about um, finding pathways and lanes that are mutually beneficial that serve, um, you know, and support all of our um, strategies and, and goals respectively with our school district as well as with our community partners. And so what I hear you saying, Ken, is as a, at the system level, when we are looking at our data and the data isn't what we expect yeah our immediate reaction shouldn't be to blame the students or the or their parents not at all it should be it should be to look at what we what what the expectation is that we what we uh, as far as what we need from the student and how might our again at a system level our our relationships with our business partners nonprofit uh, partners, faith-based community might assist with supporting those students, understanding that we're not going to serve every single need. But if our data is pointing us in a particular direction that identifies a gap that's preventing us from being great, we're almost we we have to identify a solution to support mm. our students and not um, go to blame them for why 
they don't like math or why they're not showing up on time to school or why they're distracted because they're not eating breakfast uh, at home, um, for whatever the case may, may be. And so, I, again, um, I really want to thank you for um, giving us that example, but then also highlighting the, the importance of our data and having that be our guide for how we look at our students and identify those supports from a systems level, but then also at the school and then in the classroom. And so our, our DEI framework that was passed on May 23rd supports the implementation of the district uh, district's updated strategic plan. Uh, I'm going to overview um, the, 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 the outline of that framework as far as how it's supposed to be used. So earlier I talked about those three components and then from those three components, we identified four areas around implementation that we believe this DEI framework can help guide us towards improving outcomes for our students and then also building capacity in the staff of our district. And so the, the way we're seeing the DEI framework uh, should be used is strategic plan implementation and review, accelerate cycles of continuous improvement, de uh, help decisions about policies and practices, and then guiding professional learning, hiring, staffing, and our, the adults' ways of work. And so when we think about using the, the framework for implementation and review of our strategic plan, what might that look like? Um, for this upcoming school year. So the, the strategic plan was, it was uh, that it was adopted uh, and approved um, is a five-year plan. And mm -hmm. so obviously we're not going to be implementing everything in, in, in the strategic plan Correct. Correct. in year one. And so what, what, what might implementation look like from the lens of diversity, equity, and inclusion? Yeah, so all of our buildings um, are responsible for developing um, what they call a, a BIP plan or a building um, improvement plan. And in some districts, a SIP plan, your school improvement plans. Um, what, what I found, um, what, what I find um, in doing some work with principals, um, some principals are building um, goals around academics, around behavior, and around belonging. Right. And they're crosswalking their goals with the framework. Uh, to your point, um, there may be, you know, two or three domains in a framework that really align with their goals. Right. So I think about um, stu student voice and choice. Right. Especially as that relates to belonging and 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 being very intentional about, you know, not only, you know, seeing the framework, you know, as such, but, you know, how could be this? How can the framework also be used as a tool um, to guide and make certain you know um, you know there there are these considerations that they're making with every decision um, in this case that has to do with academics that has to do with behavior that has to do with um, belonging. How are they making being intentional about making certain that? you know, that these components within this framework, especially ones that align with their work, that 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 they're centering that in their work and, you know, and, and they're identifying, um, you know, resources, um, strategies, best practices um, that align to make certain that, you know, the work is not happenstance. They're being mm -hmm. very intentional about centering the components 
um, of the framework um, in how they will develop and um, some of their goals and, and, and mark, um, you know, how they are making progress toward those goals. And so we've talked about, well, I've talked about the framework in, in a way that it, it, it is establishing the adults ways of work. And so the framework, I believe the focus is to reach our students. Yeah. And so if it's defining our, our way of work, what, what might this look like at different levels from elementary, middle, high school? What are some commonalities and what are some of the unique differences between what this might look like um, being implemented um, across uh, the three different grade levels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think about, you know, commonalities, right? So, you know, in, in the hallways, you know, we might hear teachers welcoming all students into their classrooms, uh, telling them how much they, you know, enjoy the ideas that they're sharing. And again, getting to know something about that student um, so that they feel a sincere and genuine connection um, with that adult. Are we, um, and then this goes across all um, levels, how are we being intentional about celebrating and posting student work, right? So that students, that's a way, an easy way for students to bring aspects of their culture into the learning environment so they have some ownership, right? And so, so, so real quick story related to that. When I was working in higher education um, at Cornell College, I was the director of Intercultural Life Office, and I was very intentional. Um, part of my, my, my delivery was to uh, provide support services for international students as well as uh, domestic students of color. I made certain with every student that came in my office that they, bring, they brought an artifact or something from their culture or their home that represented them. And I posted and, and, and hung. Um, I, I asked them to bring pictures. I put them in frames. So what I wanted to do was make certain that there was a statement being made. So when someone came into this building, um, Stoner House, when they came into Stoner House, they understood that that was their house. Right. And so similarly, you know, how do we leverage student work and and and, you know, um, the products that our students provide in a way that they feel that, you know, this environment, um, the hallways, the classroom is theirs. Right. And so, you know, for parents and families, it may feel like a sense of hopefulness. Right. And that um, their kid doesn't hate school. They, they, in, in addition to, you know, their child love and learning, they also love going to school mm-hmm. because of the, the experiences, the learning that's taking place. Um, you know, I, I also think, you know, um, for students um, when they um, are witnessing microaggressions that, they recognize or they see that the adults have the skills to um, disrupt those microaggressions in a dignified way so that, um, you know, the person or persons responsible for engaging or creating um, an unwelcoming environment um, is, uh, you know, attended to as well as there's minimal disruption to um, the environment that's cultivating um, learning, um, belongingness, um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, um, you'll have varying um, degrees of, um, of, of, of that sense of, of belonging and ownership at every level. I'm noticing, too, 
that um, for some of our students who especially who, um, you know, they they have an identity that maybe is different from the majority of our students. Right. Having a space um, where they feel like they can be their most authentic selves without compromising that. Right. And I I think, again, creating the conditions that that welcomes all students for who they are, the differences that they bring, you know, at all levels. You know, I I think those are some examples what, um, you know, creating the conditions for truly living out DEI throughout our system and all our buildings. Those are some of the things I think um, could be um, what it could look like, sound like and, and, and feel like, you know, for students and staff. Um, you know, within our system. Ken, you mentioned the term micro microaggressions. Yeah, yeah. One, so for our audience, can you explain to our audience what a microaggression is? No, what does that ter- what does that term mean? Yeah. And why why is it important for us to recognize that 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 occurs in our schools and why it's important that we address uh, decreasing the number of instances of microaggressions um, uh, in, in, our, in our buildings. Yeah, yeah. So um, the a lot of the uh, theory um, and uh, from microaggressions comes from um, Dr. Uh, Daryl Wing Su. But, you know, microaggressions essentially are, you know, um, um, you know, uh, small, not that they're, they're not intended to cause harm, but they are, 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 are insults or, um, you know, uh, uh, or, or it could be biased behavior um, against um, a person or a group. And, and, and the thing about it, you know, what, what makes it a microaggression is that, you know, that it, it could happen um, in, in, in a moment's notice. Um, again, it's not, intentional and it's not meant to cause harm but it actually causes harm and one can experience several um, microaggressions throughout the day or a week it's almost like um, what we call the theory of uh, little cuts right where you know the theory of a thousand cuts where it's not it's not the little cuts or those little paper cuts that 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 get you um, in that moment, but experiencing over time can 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 you know bleed you out or what have you. And mm-hmm. so you know I I, I think about um, an example of of a, of a microaggression. So you know I talked about working at the college and university space, right? And so. <laughs> I um, oftentimes, you know, uh, when I would, you know, I, I'd be in the bank or Walmart and someone from the community asked me where I work. And, you know, I say to college and they'd be like, oh, are you a janitor there? So the assumption is that because um, I'm black, that I can't have um, a, a central office or central office position or an administrator position because they've just sort of made an assumption about um, where what they thought my positionality was at the college. Right. And and so, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm at a, a, a further place in my, my my DEI development. So, you know, I would then just sort of engage very nicely and be like, you know, no. sometimes I play with them. I'm like, no, actually, I'm the president of college, you know, and then to see, you know, the astound look on their faces. But I actually do have the skills. And, and, and once I get this degree, I will have the, the requisite, you know, um, uh, knowledge base to be able to, um, you know, apply for a college or university job if I so choose. But, you know, the, the, it's just 
those assumptions that they make. And I don't believe that they meant any malice mm-hmm. or it by it in that moment. But, you know, and, 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 and so anyway, that's just sort of, you know, an, an, an example of a microaggression, you know, based on race or another one that I got from students that I was doing a, a focus group with. Um, the students were saying that um, the, um, they were coming back from spring break. And the teacher was just asking everyone in the room, you know, where did they what did they do and where did they go? And so it was several students of color that said, you know, oh, we went to Hawaii. We went to Europe. um, We went to Africa. And they said the teacher was like, how did y'all afford that? And the students very, you know, nonchalantly was like, our parents work, you know. (laughs) And so and again, the but when when the students talking to me, they recognize that that sense of, um, you know, this person um, just invalidated, you know, me and my experience based off of some, you know, an assumption or a bias, because what they communicated is that they assumed that we don't have the means to travel abroad. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they clearly, you know, they, they, they do. And so that's an example of how, um, what a microaggression is, how it could show up. And, and I'm sorry, Eric, what was the follow up to the microaggression? No, you, no, you, no, you answered the question. And so what I want to do is, you know, we've laid out the, our beliefs around the DEI framework. We talked about the components and we talked about how the framework might be used. And so considering that we haven't even started the school year yet, but soon um, we'll, we'll be, uh, we'll have kids uh, back in our classrooms. And when we think about the framework, what are our strengths as a district with regards to those three components and implement and how we are wanting to use it. Yeah. And then on the opposite side of that, you know, w- what are our growth areas yeah. with regards to diversity, equity, inclusion um, in Ankeny Community School District? Yeah. Um, strength. So that we, we have um, a dynamic um, staff, um, um, instructional and administrative staff. Um, we have exceptional students. Um, one thing I don't think that we get enough credit on is that we, um, you know, we'll tackle the hard issues. I mean, and, and we, we won't be perfect in doing so, but, but we're not afraid to address, um, our deficiencies as, as a system. Right. And, and also, um, we've created the conditions where, you know, we have students who feel like they can be their most authentic selves in elementary in, in, in middle and in high school, they, in fact, they can be who they want to be in our schools and they may not be able to um, be who they authentically are at home. That that's a strength. And, and I think that's something that we need to explore. What the, to me, that's in, that's informing me that there's something going on and it's not magic. There's something going on that students feel that they could be their, their most authentic selves. I also think that we have tremendous um, opportunities and pathways um, and connections, um, you know, for 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 sponsorship, mentorship for adults and students within our system. Mm-hmm. So so those are some of the strengths, the areas of opportunities um, sort of, um, you know, connected to the strengths that I talked about with the opportunities. I don't think that we're as intentional as, as making certain that all of our students and families have um, access to those um, um, academic and, um, and, 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 you know, and just other, um, edu- you know, uh, 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 career pathways, um, opportunities and such. And so I think that we just, we have to be more intentional about making certain that 
um, the activities, whether it's sports or it's fine arts, whatever those activities are, we have to make be intentional about making certain that folks have access. The information is not hidden. It's it's not only access to the chosen few. Um, we have to make certain that everyone has access to all the goodies in our system so that um, it could support their identity or there's opportunities to create, um, you know, um, whatever, you know, interests or, or clubs or whatever, you know, that may be for our students. I also think that um, another uh, the area of improvement is we we have pockets of excellence in terms of how folks um, are leading DEI. Um, in their respective um, buildings and their respective PLCs. Um, so, you know, we, we got some folks that are moving and shaking in, in, in some areas, and we have some folks that are at a very early stage in their development. Mm-hmm. So I think as a system, how are we more intentional about moving folks along a development continuum so that um, they are competent, they're confident, they're curious, they're courageous, and living out um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and and connecting diversity, equity, inclusion to belonging, connecting b- diversity, equity, and inclusion to excellence. Right? I I think that that's another growth area that um, and again, you know, we 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 created a definition so it can be can be applied throughout our system. So we're not spending all our time trying to figure out what it is based on our own definition. We've created a, a, a system-wide definition um, so that we all can, you know, be centered on what it is um, so that we're not falling victim to um, our own assumptions or we're not falling victim to, um, you know, what people have co-opted or are conflating um, DEI to be. This is what it is. It, 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 it encompasses you. It's, it's not only based on some, you know, one aspect of those social identities that I mentioned earlier. You know, it encompasses all of those social identities, how we intentionally are working across those differences and becoming proficient at war and recognizing and creating an awareness around difference and ultimately inviting all aspects of difference in um, and recognizing that our success um, and our failures are are, are are connected, right? And right. and and so shared knowledge is shared success, right? And so th- those are some of the areas that I feel like are some of the strengths and some areas of improvement in our district. Ken Morris Jr., thank you for joining us to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for this episode of We Are Ankeny. We are Ankeny. Thank you for listening to the We Are Ankeny podcast, the official podcast of Ankeny Community Schools. 